Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Deacon Bob. And I'm Father Bob. What are you? Father Bob. Are you? Where did that, Am I Deacon Dave? Where did that come from? I don't know. I wonder what subliminal thing that, that just happened. Mm, it's like Freaky Friday. Um, Jodie Foster, vaguely remember. Jodie Foster? No, wasn't she in Freaky Friday? <laughs> no. She was in Silence of the Lambs. So similar. So, oh, who almost was, who the exact the same movie. Freaky Friday? Uh, Lindsay Lohan was in the oh, remake right, of it. Right. All right. And the first movie was... Audrey Hepburn. Uh, probably not, but I don't know if I know. Patty Duke? From... Um, Dukes it, of Hazard? Yes, exactly. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Do I know my history. <laughs> it's ESPN that meets, meets IMDb. IMDb. <laughs> Internet da- data, movie database. How are you, Bob? I'm, I'm better than you are, How I was think. Thanksgiving? Dude, it was great. All my Christmas things are up. When did you put them up? Before or after Thanksgiving? Um, I did it right after. Like, like Friday. Friday? Okay. Like Friday, okay. we started moving and shaking because it was beautiful weather. It was. That was it really, was. really yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. So all of our Christmas decorations are up. I'll be posting them on the gram, on the Insta. Can't wait. Yeah, it's exciting. Like if you don't follow me, De- at Deacon Bob Rice. Um, I got my Christmas trees up. I, we have three Christmas trees. We have the main tree. Then my wife has a tree that has snowmen on it because okay. she really loves snowmen. And then I have my geek tree. Artificial or? David, or? I'm, I'm hurt that you would ask. They're all artificial. They're all artificial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, because the lights are so cool. Yeah. 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 So um, I love it. I, you know, the house just looks different. Advent is upon us. The mm-hmm, music, mm-hmm, it's my mm-hmm. favorite season mm-hmm. of the year. Um, it's great. But Thanksgiving it's was the most wonderful, wonderful time. Actually, next week, folks, yeah. we're going to do Christmas carols the whole podcast. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're not. We wouldn't do that Only to if you. it's a late night podcast. We would not do that to anybody. We'll do that as bonus content. Good. So it was a good Thanksgiving. Dinner was good. It was great. Thing. Family together. Um, lots of, you know, it's interesting to have soccer whilst we have Thanksgiving. It's a very unusual um, who did you who, experience. Pl- who played that day? Was there a significant game? Well, on that? Friday, there was the USA of versus course. England. Yes. And uh, many of us went to Bennigan's. We had a great rip-roaring oh, time. Oh, yeah. The place was packed. A zero-to-zero zero tie. But but that can be exciting in no, soccer. I watched Actually, I watched yeah. the whole game. I yeah, was yeah. up in Cleveland with my younger brother, and he and I, and some of the kids were in and out. We, I watched the whole game. Yeah, so the football games on Thursday were quite in, engaging. Yep. And then soccer on oh, Friday. How did the the Buccos do this week? Uh, about the same as Notre Dame, uh-huh. except not as except bad. Closer. Yeah, except, except closer. Yeah, the uh, Bucks lost to the Browns. And Notre Dame lost to in USC. overtime. <sighs> yeah. Dang it. So what does that mean about USC? USC is a really good team. Okay. They've only lost once, and they lost uh, when a team by one point that went for a two-point conversion. So they're yeah. really close. Th- their quarterback will probably win the Heisman. Really? So he's... Are they going to make the top four? I is that so. how the playoffs are going? Yeah, okay. the, a few things have to happen for that to fall into place. But, I mean, Michigan beat Ohio State. I mean, That's a huge them. thing. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. they whipped them. So, it, I, actually, the poll won't come out till tomorrow night. I'm going to guess Ohio State will probably move to five. USC could be five or four. We'll see. We'll okay. see. And they've still got one more game, the Pac-12 champion or Pac-10 champion. So is there just one more Saturday of college football right. before they get into playoffs? Right. Or in, figure that Exactly. Exactly. Until okay. we get bowl games. Yeah. The bowl games are largely set for the most part. It looks like Notre Dame's probably going to play 
in the citrus bowl or the gator bowl. Somewhere, somewhere in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they'll, they'll be in a bowl game. It's not going to be one of the major ones. But, I mean, they've lost four times, so they're not going to get a major bowl. But it'll be good. Yeah. Uh, who did I see that? Oh, um, South Carolina is the speculation of who they're going to play. South Carolina is a pretty good team. So okay. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. But it was great. I went. I, I cooked for the Friars. We all ate. I was bound and determined to have enough turkey because last year we ran out, <gasps> which was really a problem. So I actually put in a turkey before I went to bed on Wednesday night um, when I got home from Les Mis, which was fantastic, just like we said it would be last time. Mm. It was great. It was just great being with the kids. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, and then put in a turkey, got up early in the morning, pulled it out, and then put in another turkey. So we had a great time, and then I spent the weekend with my younger brother and his family, nice. which was great. So was that great. was up in Cleveland. We watched a Cavs game. First half against the Bucks, they were great. Second half, oh my goodness. Only they scored got, 10 points in the third quarter. They got whooped the they second did. half. The, bu- so. the Bucks are the real deal. I think the Bucks are the team. And we're talking now about the Milwaukee Bucks, right. not the Tampa Bay Bucks. Or so. the Pittsburgh Bucks. Or Buc-O's. the Pittsburgh Buccos. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, niece, really uh, cute, Milwaukee Bucks are looking <clears throat> amazing. My niece loves the Cavs. Is that right? She's a sophomore in college. Okay, this is the one up in Cleveland. Yeah, she knows every player. I mean, yeah, she's really cute, actually. It's 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 so fun. I'm going to see, I'm taking my daughter Eliana to see them play the 76ers on Wednesday. I think it is. Interesting. No, no. You still haven't replied to my text. Just, just yeah. hold on for so, a second. He always complains about this. And the last time he did, I sent him like, here's three mm-hmm. dates. And what did I get in response? I'm right behind That's you. it. That was it. That yeah. sound of nothing was exactly what I got in response. But I did call you today. Aren't we going, actually, wait a second. Are we going in December together with um, a mutual friend who yeah. owns an Irish restaurant, but he's Italian? I don't know. Are we going up there? To see the Bucks in December, like 21st. I don't know. Okay. Is it on my calendar? <laughs> Franco mentioned that you would be coming with us. Oh, apparently I am. <laughs> Yippee. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Yeah, and hopefully we'll, we'll fare better with the Milwaukee Bucks than we did because um, they're playing the Milwaukee Bucks at home. Right, and they got killed last time. What makes you think they're going to fare better? Because they're learning from their mistakes. They'll watch the tape. A wise one, Yoda. That's right, and they'll, they'll come back. And they'll be at home. You get the home field advantage. Okay. That that's makes a huge difference. That's, that, yeah, that's cool. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. You think the United States will go on? They have oh, to but that's right. You're Iran. listening to this podcast on Wednesday. And yesterday, the U.S. beat Iran 2-1. to one. Christian Pulisic, man of the match with an assist and the game-winning score. That means Team USA is going on to the round of 16 in the FIFA World Cup. That's amazing. I hope. I'm oh. not really sure. It's a Monday, so this game is happening say, tomorrow. I was going to say, I'm still trying to figure all this timing thing out and how you're <laughs> able to do that. Actually, this is funny. The first, It makes me think of the first time, this was years ago, I yeah. was visiting Bob and his mom and dad were there and DVRs were just coming out. And, yes. and, and your dad was explaining to me, like, you can record late and then you could come in. And, and, and I said, and then can you watch the game before it's over? And he like looked at me like, well, no, of course not. <laughs> you moron. Yeah, like, it's kind of like, well, that, you know, that friend of yours, Bob, Father Dave, nice kid, but boy, is he dumb. Not the sharpest <laughs> yeah, tool right. in the shed, that one. That's right. Hopefully he never becomes the president right. of an good academic grief. institution. He's not going to move on anywhere. Yeah, exactly. So, but, uh, yeah, so it'll be, you're pretty confident we'll win. We should beat Iran. Well, we should have beat Wales. I just hope we come through. I mean, Iran beat Wales. Um, England stomped Iran. Iran was like... 
It was like 6-1 or something like that, 6-1 or 6-2. You know, in the group stages, goal differential makes a difference. So if everybody's tied up with the same amount of wins, losses, and ties, the next thing they look at is how many by how many goals did you beat a team. So it actually gets a little crazy in some of these stages. You will see teams yeah. just demolish another. Like normally there is some civility in soccer. They wouldn't beat somebody 7-1. to one. But in the group stages, they do because, because they're the like, goals matter. we could potentially need every single goal of it, which actually kind of makes it fun, you know, to be honest, just to see him score and score and score and score. Well, we'll so, give you the... We'll see what happens. The update. They were saying, and I, I don't, you know, I don't follow soccer. Yes. But um, Saudi Arabia beating Argentina was one of the top upsets in the history of World Cup, is yeah. what they were saying. That's not wrong. Just, yeah. Argentina hadn't lost a group stage game for like a billion years or yeah, something yeah. like that. And it's to Saudi Arabia, crazy. honestly. Yeah. So that was pretty. Oh, hey, I also want to say something building off of last episode because, you know, well, I I mentioned I wasn't happy as were many people unhappy with Qatar and um, some of the FIFA restrictions and and regulations. I like said an off the cuff comment that I later regretted because it was about at one point, many of the European teams wanted the captains to wear armbands that, um, you know, talked about equality or at least, you know, the, the persecution of homosexuals. And then FIFA said that we're going to give you a yellow card every time you wear it, which would mean those, those cards are cumulative, by the way. So you get a yellow card one game, a yellow card the next game, and then you're suspended the third game. And only the European countries were going to do this. Other countries weren't necessarily yeah. interested. I threw out a word which I kind of don't like value signaling. I'm like, oh, well, that's how important it was to them. But, you know, seeing interviews with players of ev- all the countries. It has gotten a lot of attention. It's gotten a lot of attention. And, you know, I, I just have a greater sympathy. I think I was speaking a bit callously. Like, the players are really struggling being there, too. Yeah. The uh, I- Iranians wouldn't. We're, we're kneeling right. for their anthem. We're no, not singing no, their anthem. Singing they, it, they weren't singing really, for their anthem. And there's already threats on their life when they get back. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you're right. That's fair. It's, so easy, it's easy for us to say blah, blah, blah. But yeah. there's a lot going on. But there's a lot going on. And uh, and I'm actually quite glad it's getting the attention it deserves, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. So, um, But four years from now, USA, baby. USA. Actually, North, North, North America. North America. That's true. I think Sorry 50, about that. I think 50% in the States, 25% in Canada, 25%. Mexico? I think it's a little bit more state heavy. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. Just because of the nature of stadiums and whatnot. Yeah. So and, and we're gonna go to a game. And we're gonna live podcast from a game. So you really think we're gonna be doing this four years from now? <laughs> they that hope, Father. They that hope. Father let's Father put, Bob. Let's put our hope in the Lord. <laughs> and in Team USA. Amen. At Franciscan University, we don't have a promo this week, but I do want to talk about a podcast that I am re-kicking off, Speaking with Deacons. It's back, baby. I can't tell you By the, popular demand. the dozens of emails that I received uh, to begging me, yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you bring Please. it back? Uh, where have you been? Where have you been? And a number of princes in Saudi Arabia that apparently I made a million dollars if I would just yeah, share some yeah, of my yeah. bank information with. Yeah. So um, it's kind of fun. I did, you know, I've been ordained a year. My previous series of podcasts were in preparation for the diaconate. And then I became a deacon. So that was my last episode a year ago. And I was just reflecting on the difference of what it's like to be ordained and the graces that I felt with that. So you can check that out, deaconbobrice.com. Uh, more episodes to come, which is going to be really fun. And 
you look confused. Spe- no, speaking with deacons? Is that what's Speaking called? with okay, deacons. Okay, so it. it's available on any uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, all the good stuff. However you're hearing this or watching this, it'll be there as well. So cool. my website channel and other things. Oh, and one more thing. Uh, because I'd like to do more podcasts, I'm trying to make a little bit of money off it so I can keep doing it. There's a website called buymeacoffee.com. And if you go to buymeacoffee.com slash Deacon Bob Rice, you can buy me a coffee. Technically, actually, I changed it to you can buy me a beer. Essentially, you just throw a few bucks my way. And if you can help, that'd be cool. And if not, no worries. I'll buy you a beer. Oh, thank you. Ultra. Oh, it's the it's the beer of champions. Okay, is that your favorite beer? Yes. Or Guinness. <laughs> there, so, there could not be <laughs> two beers. I go into bars and I say, different. do you have Guinness? And if they say no, I say, cool, I'll have an ultra. And I get that a lot. Like, wait, what? That's I, the next I just step. went around the world, baby. Yeah, I live on I live on the dateline. You know, you just That's go a little funny. bit over it. Um, yeah, I either like, you know, just cold water that has the light flavor of beer or a meal. Or yes. You know, a meal of beer, which is really what that's so funny. Is. So what's your favorite beer? Have you one? Oh, that's a great question. Um, my favorite beer is probably Augustiner beer in Salzburg or the Dunkel from Hofbrau House in Munich. You know, I've, I've, wait, have I had the Dunkel? I've had the Dunkel the when Dunkel's I was in Austria. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? Yeah. So good. Yeah, I actually but, like that. Like just kind of a beer of choice if I'm just a place, a uh, Blue Moon. Blue, okay. Moon's, Blue Moon's a good beer. But you're actually more of a liquor kind of person, would you say that? Like, what kind of alcohol were you? would you have? I don't, we didn't plan yeah. on this part. This yeah, is the yeah, this over is, 21 part of the episode. 21. Like, if I'm if I'm just, like, at a game or something like that, I'm going to have a beer. That's yeah. what I'm going to have. But yeah. if I'm in the evening with, with my brother or friends or something like that, and a little scotch is a nice, is a okay. nice touch. Yeah. And I assume every Single evening malt. you're just, Single malt. all the friars just are lining up shots. Yeah, that's that's pretty know. much how our evenings <laughs> nice. go. Yeah. yeah nice. You've got you've got a great keen insight to, to my life. It's good to be Catholic. Yeah, it's, it's good to be Catholic. It's great to be Catholic. Amen. I love being Catholic. Amen. Me too. And even without the alcohol, I'd still love being Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. Thanks, Father Bob. Yep. There you go. Um, hey, let's talk about movies and arts. And we haven't had a conversation about that. We were realizing it. Yeah, we, there's no great movies that are out. Like you Time went out. to that. What are you talking about? There's no great movies Okay, can out. I just say, I was talking to somebody about that film. and Wait, what film? The film you're about to talk about, Wakanda, whatever it is. Okay, I'll talk about that one. She Wakanda forever. one of the worst movies she's ever seen. Well, who is this person? I can't tell you. Okay. Because you know her, but. Okay. Well, and I'm sure I still care for her. I liked it. It wasn't one of the greatest movies I ever saw. Okay. Wakanda Forever, if you're not familiar with it, is the sequel to the Black Panther movie. Black Panther was a great, great movie. Not to be confused with Black Widow. Two very different films. Two very different films. One wonderful, one oh, no, amazing. Bla- yeah, Black... Well, we'll just let you decide which one is which. So Chadwick Bosman, who played uh, the Black Panther... Uh, passed away of cancer. He actually had cancer mm-hmm. and was struggling with it. Didn't tell people about mm-hmm. it. An amazing human being. Yeah, it was actually, you know, yeah. Just, same cancer as my brother passed away. Is that right? Yeah, and, and literally, they both had it at the same time. When when he passed away, it was kind of, kind of wild. Yeah. yeah, that is nuts. Yeah. So anyway, that left a, a bit of a confusion as to, well, what are we going to do with the sequel movie? Uh, mm-hmm. Thankfully, they made it really clear. Like, we're not going to CGI anything. Right, right, we're not exactly. going to do any nonsense. And, and in many ways, the movie really was a tribute to him or at least to his character. Uh, it was about loss. It was about how we deal with loss. It was mm-hmm. about forgiveness. I mean, I think a lot of the themes were really heartfelt. And that's why I thought it was really effective. Okay. You know, I, I would say as a superhero movie, as a plot, you know, and some of those things, it was just okay. But 
The gut punch for me, which I appreciated, was just... Don't give the ending. I won't. I'm okay. just going to say it was that was the theme of the movie. It was like, how do we deal with loss? Oh, interesting. And the different ways people can deal with loss. And, um, you know, some people will, will choose a path of reconciliation and other people will try to burn everything down. And so... That's really interesting. It, it was cool. I do you thought, think I that thought was that was written was before he passed? Or is oh, no, it the was, fruit of it, that? It was definitely after he passed. Okay, okay. Yeah, they, I mean, you could tell, like, they... They wanted they it was he, dialed in. It was definitely okay. post him dying. They're like, oh crud, we got to figure out how to did the how to panther deal with this. die, like in the movie. So it begins, and this isn't a spoiler, but it begins uh, with him with his funeral. Interesting. It just starts right well, in with the funeral. See it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So here's a horrible moment as a dad, though. Perfect. So I um I took Aiden to see it, my nine year old, and I. I that's thought, not the horrible moment. That's not the horrible moment. Here's the horrible moment. Well, I thought he knew that Chadwick Bosman had passed away, and this is going to be a horrible two moment. Two thirds into the movie, he he he, you know, he climbs over into my seat because he was a few kids down, and he says, "So, when's Black Panther showing up?" And I was and I was like, "He he died," and he goes. Yeah, yeah, I know, but like, when's he gonna show up? Like, he thought it was just like, oh, right, right, you know, how yeah, movies always fake superheroes' death, but then they and he was starting to feel like. I really feel like the Black Panther should have shown up by now. So I actually said, I'm like, no, no, like the actor who was, and I'm trying to whisper, I'm in a movie theater. Yeah. Like the the actor who was Black Panther actually, actually died in real life. And he starts to cry. Oh, awful. It was so bad. Oh, it was so bad. I was just like, oh, I'm the worst, worst. I just figured he knew that. Oh, that's awful. Anyway. Oh, well. But he loved it too. Okay, so. So that's a good, I, I so for that reason, I like that movie. Black Adam is also out in terms of fun superhero fare. Black Adam is like watching your kid play a video game. Okay. Uh, but your kid's wow. actually pretty good at the video game. Oh, that sounds... Uh, uh, it's a lot of Dwayne Johnson punching people through walls. Okay, okay. I've seen an ad for it. And, uh, you know, there's it's not, fun. You know, oftentimes around Christmas, there's a movie that says, okay, I can't wait. There's... Violent know, Night. Have you seen it. the trailers Stop for it, this? Bob. <laughs> Bob, if you start mocking the movie Silent Night... No, no. Not Silent Night. I heard what you said, Violent Night. Yes. You don't think Dude, that's... Dude, here's the tagline. Santa looks in the camera with a bloodied face and he says, it's time for some season's beatings. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Bob, that's awful. I'm not going to actually see it. It's but awful. I just, I, the movie's just embracing itself as for what it is. Yeah, it's just a really is... stupid... <clears throat> it's, people have said it's Die Hard with Who's Santa. It? It's the guy from Black Widow. The guy that's the, um, oh, the, the dad the, guy. the dad guy. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. The, the plot line is he shows up to give presents to a good kid, but the good kid has been kidnapped by these people, and he just starts taking them out. Oh my gosh, that's just <laughs> awful. It is awful. That's awful. No, I, there's not, again, I've been kind of out of the loop, So, but there's not this movie. It's like, oh, I can't wait to see it. The new Avatar movie? Yeah, I guess. I thought the first one, actually, I thought the cinematography or the creation, I don't know if you call it cinematography. You could call it that. Use, but that was really, really beautiful. It's a movie I never left thinking, oh, I really want to see this sequel. Like, I'm really curious to know what happens next. I thought it was, it, I mean, visually it was so mm -hmm. astounding. I mean, James Cameron, he makes movies. Like, you just go through. He did Titanic, right? He did Titanic. Yeah, yeah. He did um, Avatar. He did. Maverick. Um, <laughs> I don't think he did that. I'm okay. trying to think of some of the other. He did True Lies. That was one of his early ones. He did Aliens. Um, it's just lots. I mean, every movie he does is kind of amazing. And he's been working on this. I mean, how long ago was the first Avatar? It was like forever ago. I think it was 12. So I'm actually just fascinated to see what he did. Like if he makes a movie, he, he makes a movie like once every eight years because he works yeah. on it for so long. I'm 
I'll be there. I'll just yeah, see, yeah, yeah. you know, gosh, what, what, what has he thought of? Okay. So, so I went to Les Mis and you, we talked oh, a little right. bit about yeah, it, which the, was really beautiful. Yeah. So Les Mis, I think the producer is what he's called. Kevin McIntosh. If you, is that a name you're familiar with? Nope. He's a producer of Les Mis. He also did several other shows. Um, Miss Saigon. I was just curious. Do you want to take a stab at what he's worth? The uh, producer of Les Mis? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I can't. A billion dollars. Wow. A billion dollars. I mean, that show has been on Broadway well, and, and he, the West right, End. Right. And he's done and other shows, lots yeah. of other shows. Yeah. Um, but it was, just, it, you know, something, it was, it was really fun being at the show with the, uh, thir- we took yeah, 30, how many, 30, we took 35 students with me. And how many and of then, them had seen it before? Um, maybe 10. No, maybe not even that. Seven or eight. Oh, that, that It was so much awesome. fun. And then there, it was also, I, I didn't know this was going on, but the Franciscan Fine Arts Club also went. Okay. So there was about a hundred Franciscan University students at the show. Nice. And it was just, I mean, they, they looked great. They were dressed up and just yeah. looked nice. And I mean, I was just really proud of Everyone them. Everyone just had a great night. Yeah. And it was just, there's something about live theater. It's Again, incredible. I grew up in a small town in Colorado that we didn't have live theater. Mm. So when I was in Washington Seminary, I went In Durango, the they didn't have no, reproductions one, of Hatfield and McCoy's? No, I went to one show, Farmington, New Mexico, which was a big town about 45 minutes away. I went to La Traviata when I was like in- the opera? Yeah, ninth grade, right? Right. Me and my friend got Did in trouble. Did they sing it with an accent? Me and my friend got in trouble because we were fooling around and they we missed the opening scene. It's a whole nother thing. <laughs> but so so actually when I was in, in formation and seminary, you, as a student, you could go to shows in D.C. And I went to everything. Mm. And I told the students, I said, I mean, I just love listening to them tune their instruments. There's something about the music and live yeah. that's just... A lot of them had seen the movie, right? Right. It's just different it's to just go different. to the Just arts. like a book is different. The talented people. I mean, yeah. what a gift to be able to do that. Yeah, now, so do you prefer little... musicals over uh, straight plays or does it You know, matter? honestly, it's really funny. I don't, I think I've only seen really? almost all musicals, right? Oh, that's interesting. I've seen about half and half. I love, you know, Maybe growing I'm up. I'm just in... ignorant and I don't, I'm, I'm not remembering, but yeah, I, I think it's all musicals I've seen. That's funny. Those are the more popular yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. I actually love, um, yeah, like especially growing up in Chicago, which had a great theater, theater scene. Sure. And I was a theater major, so I just, I loved like small ensemble casts, you know, where you just see actors crush it. You know, like you're just knowing the talent of the actors. Well, one um, of my favorite Like movies. really good Shakespearean plays that are done well. Yeah. Like they actually make sense. Like, you know, sometimes in school they make you read these plays, but it's such a visual medium. Like you can follow along with what's happening and you really get a sense of the beauty and the rhythm of the language when you're seeing it and hearing it live. Like reading it, I always thought it was kind of weird that people in English class would make you read Romeo and Juliet. It's like, I mean, that's not how Shakespeare is like, I hope someday they will publish this and everybody will read it. Like when you see it, you start going. That's interesting. Oh, that's why it's a big deal. Like that's that. That's why yeah, this yeah, is yeah. cool. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite movies is uh, A Few Good Men, and that was originally a screen, uh, um, a play. Yeah, play. right. And then they made it to a movie. But I would love to see that. I mean, I would think that's a great play. It's oh, just, yeah, it's just so engaging. That yeah, yeah. But it's just uh, the the appreciation of the arts. One of the, the cool things that happened during COVID is there's uh, the father of a couple of our students, Stanley Kanapka, mm. is. He plays for the symphony in Cleveland. Right. And he's going to be on University of Viola. Presents. Yeah. And he's just, so he's he's just been so generous with his time. He's teaching a class. Yeah. 
And there's just been a growing appreciation on campus for that. I mean, we have maybe three or four concerts a semester. And right. It's just, it's just, again, not growing up with that. And it's something that I've learned to appreciate. You yeah. Know? And going, living in Washington, going to the symphony, going to Handel's Messiah. It's just, yeah, it's really wonderful. And you're going on a trip to New York. Yeah, I'm taking my girls, uh, including my wife and my two daughters. We're going to this big city, New York City. Let me take one step back. So sure. does John charge of the kids when you go away, when you and Jen go away? I'm not sure who's in charge of the kids. I'm sure somebody will be. That's, that's parent, not my job. That's parenting That's not my job. That's, that's not my job. That's parenting 101. Um, but we're going... Uh, you know, I think this was like around COVID, they were hoping to do this and everything canceled and got delayed. But um, we're taking the girls to see the Rockettes oh, Christmas show. Have you seen that show? No, I mean, I've seen it on TV. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what's amazing about the Rockettes Christmas show, A, it's just fun, Santa Claus, lots of kicking. Yeah. There's but a lot of what that. stunned me when I saw it, and I hope I don't ruin it for anybody that might end up going to see the show, they have a massive living nativity scene <laughs> and they project on like a, it's called a scrim, which is you can project things and you can still see behind it. But that poem, One Solitary Life. By uh, Johnny Cash? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's exactly, but just about like how he had nothing, yeah. but he changed this yeah, one yeah. solitary life. And I was just, I was like a gut punch because I'm like, this is just cheesy Christmassy stuff. And then it like concludes with this like profoundly Christian spiritual moment. I was like, do people know right, about this? Right, like, right. Is, is this allowed in this day and age? So that's yeah. going to be exciting. We're also going to see the Harry Potter play. Oh, fun. Which I saw with Bobby. It's a really fun show. My kids really enjoy Harry Potter. So, you know, it's just the, the Christian theme. I, again, lame is I was, I'm continually amazed. That is such a Christian, beautiful themes. Yes. That, and people still go and, I mean, they talk about sin and yeah. redemption and salvation and mercy and, yeah. Well, maybe fun. one last thing about the movies. You know, they've uh, released The Chosen in the big oh, screen. Right. Yeah, the yeah. first the first couple episodes of season three, I think it is. It so. is, indeed, indeed. And a friend of ours, uh, wrote, Matt Marr, wrote a song that's the opening for yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, but here's, I followed a, uh, and, and not that this ever stops us before. <laughs> I'm about to say something Please. I'm not sure about. Yeah, right. But Chosen is going to be on Netflix. And there's a little bit of people that are frustrated about that. I don't, I don't get it. I, I do know. not know. Okay. I do not know. Yeah, some people, again, I, my understanding is Chosen is now going to be available on Netflix, and some people are mad about that. I don't know why. So we'll 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 get to the bottom of this. We will. And we'll deal with Chosen is available on its own app, Yeah, as you might know. That's yeah. how that's how I you watch it. That. Maybe they're just uh, spreading out distribution things. I don't know. Oh, look at this. So I just turned on our little thing because we're going to go through mm -hmm. our Advent theme. Avatar came up, the new movie. Okay. Aside. We should see it together. Let's. Okay. I'll send you those dates as well. I'll be and sure I'm sure you'll, you'll get back as quickly let's, let's, as about the let's Cavs game. Let's go to it on the way to the Cavs game. <laughs> you know, we could do it because it is a two-hour drive. But, you know, I bet I bet the Avatar movie is going to be like three hours at least. Yeah, and it, apparently it's theater only, but only for a couple weeks. But that's the kind of movie you have to see at the theater. I completely agree. You can't see that on, I on your phone. So you can, you can wait with bated breath as to what Who's we think. Who's bated breath? Um, I don't know. I don't have a sense of smell. It's just a okay. phrase that people okay. say. So as we are entering into the Advent season, um, we thought it might be fun to talk about, well, I, I posed this idea about why did the Word become flesh? Gee, and that's a great question, Bob. It is. and I, don't, I wish the catechism would have dealt with that. Well, you're in luck, Father oh, Dave. Goodness. I don't know what you're... 
Have you read through the whole catechism? I'm I just have. curious. I okay. did, yeah, yeah. Because so, I taught when I was teaching foundations, that was our soul book was the catechism. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I remember My the, catechism's funny. It is a mess. It's written and broken and... Yeah. And, yeah, it's. I need to probably get a new one. But. No, but that's fantastic. I mean, I did a similar thing. I remember it was the spring of 94 when the catechism came out. Yeah. And I, I got it and I read it. Cover to cover. I mean, I was so excited about it. And I remember um, when I got to this section, and it's Catechism 456 and following, it asks the question, why did the Word become flesh? And I remember that just struck me for some reason, that I had never thought about it. I mean, we just get used to Christmas. Just did. He just yeah. did. And why wouldn't he? I mean, who doesn't want to be flesh, right? Yeah. You know. And uh, the fact that the Catechism asked that question— and gave us four answers for it um, are just beautiful and profound. And I, you know, sometimes you might hear um, people talk about the kerygma, right? You know, Pope Francis talks a lot about we have to proclaim the kerygma. Kerygma means the message. We talk about, like, what is the kernel? Like, how do you summarize the good news of Jesus Christ? And I think it can really be done in these four reasons for why did the Word become flesh. Bob, why don't we talk about these four things over the next four weeks of Advent? That's a great idea. Thanks. You are brilliant. Amazing. Yeah, you're 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 incredible. That's great. Yeah, no, no matter what my dad thought about you. <laughs> That's right. Um, so the first reason, uh, the Word became flesh in order to save us by reconciling us with God. And I'm going to just read just a paragraph. I'm just going to read it because it's well, awesome. Well, let's go ahead and read 456. Can I read 456 first? Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Okay. That's the introduction so, to yeah, it. So, yeah, the question is, the heading is, why did the Word become flesh? Which is just, I love, that's the question, let's answer it. So 456 says, with the Nicene Creed, we answer by confessing, for us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate to the Virgin Mary and was made man. And then the next four answers the question for us. Right. I'm having some problem with my glasses. Are you doing all right? My glasses won't go on because of the headphones. <laughs> and I feel like an idiot. <laughs> and you look like one too. All right. The word became flesh for us in order to save us by reconciling us with God, who loved us and sent his son to be the expiation for our sins. The father has sent his son as the savior of the world, and he was revealed to take away sins. And there's a beautiful quote by St. Gregory of Nyssa, and he says this, Sick, our nature demanded to be healed, fallen to be raised up, dead to rise again. We had lost the possession of the good. It was necessary for it to be given back to us. Closed in the darkness, it was necessary to bring us the light. Captives, we awaited a savior. Prisoners, help. Slaves, a liberator. Are these things minor or insignificant? Did they not move God to descend to human nature and visit it since humanity was in so miserable and unhappy a state? cool stuff. It is cool. It makes me think of, I remember I was actually when I was walking the Camino, uh, I met a person, we just talked about Christ. She was not really of faith. She was questioning, trying to figure things out. And, and that was one of the things I, I talked about that, that he came, why did Jesus come? He came to save us. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting. She said, well, like, I don't, I don't feel like I need to be saved. Right. It was just interesting just to have that conversation that she, there was, there wasn't an awareness of her being trapped, um, her needing, quote unquote, to be saved, to be helped. And it was hard to kind of bring her to that point. I mean, I, I think that's a moment of grace. It, it, this is this is quite the jump, but it reminds me of the scene from Superman when um, 
I think is it Lois Lane writes a story that we don't need a savior and Superman. Yeah, we don't need Superman. Yeah, right? yeah. Superman takes her up and says, "Do you hear that? I hear everything. It's people crying out for to be saved, right?" Yeah, and just that that sense of it's it's a self awareness that coming to the recognition that I mean, I'd be lost without the Lord, and, yeah. and and that and that I understand humanity needs to be saved, of course, but I need that. I need to be rescued. I'm the one who's yeah, who was wandering, and, and, and yeah, you, you know my story, right. both of our stories. We were not horrible people ever. I mean, thank the Lord. Hmm. But even in that, it, it's my need to be saved that, because I couldn't save myself, because I couldn't fix myself, because I didn't have the power to right. be the person I wanted to be, no no more, less the power that God wants me to be, the person I wanted to be. So Jesus comes to be able to give us that. Christianity is a very unpopular religion in the sense that it wants us to take a look at our sins, and we only do so in terms of experiencing God's mercy. I think many things in our society, in our culture, and just even in ourselves, right? Like we don't, we don't want to say we need anything. You know, we are in charge of our own lives. And we want to just bury guilt. We want to rationalize it. We want to push it away. And so I would say this is a huge thing, especially when we talk about younger generations of preaching the gospel to them. In many ways— there's not a sense of a conviction of a sin in their life. Well, if you don't have sin, if you don't recognize sin in your life, you have no need for a savior. To be saved, exactly. And then saved God, from what? Yeah, and then God just becomes this nice, I mean, he's almost like a Santa. Like, you just mm-hmm. ask him for things. He shows up on holidays. But generally speaking, you don't need it. I mean, like, just like if you're, if you don't recognize you're sick, you're not going to take medicine. That's great. You know, yeah, like, yeah, you're absolutely. not, you're not going to connect to those things. And so... You know, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. I I love that scripture where it says the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. And there's a way in which we need to be convicted of sin, not because God's trying to, like, stick our nose in it, but, you know, the, the good news isn't good if the bad news isn't bad. And the bad news is that in our sins, we separated ourselves from God. Like, we were, we were heading to hell. Like, we were justly being damned because of the way we had treated God. And, and the story of salvation history is God lovingly coming after us and after us and after us and trying to rescue us and love us. And he speaks through prophets and through kings and through shepherds and through princesses. And I mean, just every person you can imagine. And eventually he comes as his son and we kill him. Like we, we are so, as a human race, we so don't want anything to do with God that when he shows up, we kill him and we think that's going to shut him up finally. And even in that moment, that's the moment in which he brings about our salvation. Mm-hmm. And so it is really a profound and beautiful truth that as Christians, reflecting on our sin, examining our conscience, isn't, a, isn't just a, oh, I'm a horrible person. Oh, you know, I've got, you know, it's, it's this idea of, wow, look at, look at what you saved me from. Like, I yeah, want to be aware yeah. of all of my sins in the sense that I want to be so grateful to God for every single thing that he has saved me from. Yeah, it just makes me think of the, the you know, we say it every, every time we go to Mass, Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, Lamb of God. And in the text, in, I believe it's in Hebrews, where it says the blood of goats and bulls isn't going to be able to save man. And, right. and I just reflect on the scapegoat, right, that, that they take this unblemished lamb and they take the blood of the lamb and place it on it and, and send it off you know, symbolically into the desert as right. the take away the sins. And, and I just, 
I, I imagine when John the Baptist was there, he says, you know, behold the Lamb of God. And everyone was probably looking for a lamb, right? Little, <laughs> right, yeah. This little lamb, but but they see a person. And, and for the Jew, there's like, they begin to connect. It's like, wait a minute. The Lamb of God is going to take away the sins of the world. And they see this person. And it had to have caused them like, wait a minute, there's something there's something not not right here, something going on. And then in retrospect, when they look at, you know, Jesus offers himself as expiation for our sin, then it begins to make sense for them, right? right? The Lamb of God takes away. And, and maybe just one other word, the, the text about um, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sins from John. And But one of the things is important is that we always know that it's the Holy Spirit convicting us and, and not the flesh, because the flesh or the evil one wants us to look at our sin and say, God's not going to forgive that. Mm. Not again. I mean, Bob, right. this is the ninth time. You've not, not again. That's not ninth time this day. Yeah, that's yes. that's not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right. When the Holy Spirit convicts us, it always leads us to Jesus, and it always leads us to His mercy, and it Amen. always leads us to a sense of gratitude. So, sometimes it's like, how do you know if it's God or if it's a? That's how we know if if we because the evil one can cause us to look at our sin and and what we feel is shame mm. or separation, and when it's the Spirit, it it's a sense of oh my goodness relief and and mercy and and gratitude you know thank you yeah. St Paul talks about how there's godly guilt um and guilt makes us say i did something wrong but then and that brings us to conversion but then of the devil it's shame and shame says i am wrong mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know there's nothing wrong with you you are we a son of god you're a daughter of god right. i love how john paul ii you are not the sum right. of your failures and your weaknesses you are the sum of the father's love for you, and that love was shown in, in Jesus Christ. And so I, I, I find that in my own life, that when I can honestly look at my weaknesses, at my faults, at my failings, but I'm not put into a place of cynicism or despair, I'm put into a place of, okay, Lord, like, help me through this, you know, like, he, you know, he's bringing us that healing. But that's the place that really when we talk about the season of Advent, like, that's a good place to put ourselves in, because the world was in darkness. You know, this is why we start lighting candles. I and love what you said earlier. The world hated the light. Yeah. It preferred the darkness. Right. And still does. And still does. Yeah. And so as we, you know, remember, you know, there's a sense in every Advent, we, we all become kind of Jewish again in that sense mm-hmm. of like That's we're waiting, yeah. we're waiting for the Savior and slowly but surely he's coming, he's coming, he's coming closer. And will we recognize him in his love? And I think part of that idea is, um, you know, I love how there's, there's there's a penitential vibe to Lent, not to Advent as much, but we but always do penance service. Yeah, there we, is. We Advent. always do the penance service. We wear purple, right? Yeah, you know, it's not as strong, but you know, yeah. Lent is definitely about that. But Advent, there's that element of it as well, yeah. and I think just taking that time to come before the Lord and say, "I need a Savior," like Jesus, I need you as my Savior. Uh, recognizing that and recognizing that this is why the Word became flesh. I, I talked mm-hmm. about the cross. I love the quote of Fulton Sheen, he said that you can't separate the wood of the cradle from the wood of the cross. Mm. He became flesh knowing exactly how he was going to die, and he still he still became flesh, you mm-hmm. know, to, to reconcile us to God. And so let's reflect on mm-hmm. that as we enter into this first week of Advent, as we light that first candle uh, that our Lord, our God, is coming to save us as he promised, Amen. and he's doing it in the Amen. flesh. So for the first week, why did the Word become flesh? The Word became flesh in order to save us and reconcile us with God. So that's what we reflect on this week of Advent. Heavenly Father, we ask that that would become true in our own heart, in our own life, 
Allow us to see ourselves as you see us. Allow us to know our sin so that we can know your mercy. Bless us in this first week of Advent. May the Lord bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Father Bob. Thanks, Deacon Dave. And, I like uh, that. Yo, hey, there you go. Deacon Dave. Hey, it works out well. Hey, uh, check us out. Uh, you can send us an email, hope at franciscan.edu. Happy Advent. To you. And with your spirit. That was good, Bob. You did great. Aw, thanks, Father Bob. <laughs>